Some of you guys maybe want to catch up on your sleep or whatever, but I'm not going to give you a long nap today because, you know, I'm not very, I don't go that long. Well, actually today I got more verses than I've probably ever had. I don't know if I was trying to copy my wife. Though she skipped some of the ones she had last week, so you guys got off easy. She, uh, huh? Uh, five. Nah, just kidding. No, really, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, especially if you count verses, because I have a little section that's just um, um, kind of a whole, a whole deal. So what I wanted to talk to you guys about, if you don't mind, and if you do, so sorry. What are the promises of God? Uh, but the reason why I wanted to say that is because um, there's a verse here, and I'm going to put it up. Uh, he is. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, sorry, 1, 20. For the pro- all the promises. So how many of them? All. All. Everybody can read in here, right? Yeah. All the promises. I'm just kidding, guys, about that. Uh, of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. Amen is so be it. I'm sure everybody knows, but just in case, amen means so be it. Or uh, kind of like what Mary said. She said, be it done unto me as you have said when the angel told her she was going to have a child even though she had no husband or had not known a man. To the glory of God through us. This is important too. Um, all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. Why? To the glory of God through us. Through us. So um, I think that's important. I'll also just uh, give me a little segundito, guys, because I forgot to set up my phone so that it doesn't time out in the middle, and I'll have to be going crazy here. Okay, there, it's fixed. Um, now, I also looked up, and she didn't put it up here, I hope. But, so, uh, How many promises there are in the Bible? Uh, there's something like 8,000, but to us, from God, there's 7,487. So, boom, I just dropped a mic, okay? 7,487. You get that? So that's how many promises there are, and I'm just going to go, I'm going to go through only about 3,000, I'm just kidding, I'm going through just <laughs> just a few of them, uh, that's why I have a lot of verses, because there's some promises, um, but I'm not going to go through 3,000, or half of those 7,000, or anything, so Isaiah 4110, <coughs> uh, this translation is from the New Living Translation, I thought it was cool, some of the things that it brings out, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. That last part is the part that this living uh, translation says. The rest of them says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. But I thought that sometimes we need to realize, too, that he's victorious. He's called the Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner, our victory, right? So I, I, I thought that was cool for this particular occasion. Isaiah 26, 3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. This is a promise. Um, so a lot of people say, well, how come I'm not any peace? Well, wh- where's your mind stayed at, right? So it's a promise. But if you're busy looking at your mountain and talking about how huge it is and how it's never going to move, then how are you going to be in peace? Um, even in your mind, I think it's a very good habit to get into is if your mind starts going on that, talking about your problems in your head and how you're going to end up on the street selling pencils or whatever it is, and you're, you're not going to have a home, they're going to take it away because you're poor or because you're just bad and somebody's going to kick you out. 
I'm just kidding about that, but just whatever, whatever the case may be, um, get your mind on Jesus Christ so that you can have peace. And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to have peace um, at all times, no matter what. God is able to take the storm and say stop right now in a second. But he also wants us to be able to just walk on the water even if there's wind and waves, right? Just peacefully stroll, you know? Not uh, panic or get into the fetal position, which I would be very fond of doing, but it's embarrassing, you know what I mean? So I stay up, stand up. But sometimes the fetal position seems like a good place to go. You know, I was there when I was in my mom's womb and it was comfortable, you know? But I'm just kidding, guys. Uh, Deuteronomy 31.8. Oh, a lot of these, if you notice, uh, the first verse, which was, um, I'm sorry, well, the Isaiah verse was, do not be afraid, right? For I'm with you. So we always talk about that, how many times it says in the Bible, don't be afraid, but these do say that too. And the reason why is because you got no reason to be afraid because of who's on your side, right? Uh, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally, I also like the way this translated, because in the other ones it just says he'll go before you. But this one says personally go before you in the living translation. And I thought it just adds a little. He will be with you and he will never fail you nor abandon you. And most of the verses say he'll never f leave you or forsake you right there. But I also like the fail you. Because, w yeah, he may not leave me or forsake me, but what happens if he doesn't do, if he fall, if he fails? Well, he doesn't, right? He doesn't fail. So it's good to have him there that he's saying, I'm never going to leave you, never forsake you, because he doesn't fail. That's not who he is. That's not who you are. That's not who he's made you to be because he has put every good thing on the inside of you. He emptied heaven for your, for your sake, um, and he holds nothing back from you. Psalms 32.8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. This is also um, New Living Translation because I liked how it said the best pathway for your life. See, the Lord, it usually says the Lord will guide your steps and stuff. But it doesn't talk about the best. The reason why I just say that is because it is the best, obviously, and everybody knows that God's way is better than my way, right? Or the way it used to be. Now my way is God's way, right? Sometimes we forget that too. The Bible says that the heart is deceitfully uh, wicked, right? But that's the old heart. That was the heart of stone. He said he'll put inside of us a heart of flesh. So we are new, and our heart is God's heart. We're like him, right? We have the mind of Christ. So um, I just, that's like a, that, that was extra, no charge, guys, for that little part. But this part, um, uh, I like how it also says that he will advise you. And the other translation says he will, his eye will be upon you. For some people, it's like, why would he put his eye on me? It's all slimy, whatever. No, but he's saying he's going to watch over you. So that's the reason why it says watch over you. Um, I like that translation so they can bring it out to you guys that, uh, you know, it's not sticking a big eyeball on your head or nothing. He's watching you. I know nobody thought about it that way but me, okay? But I'm just saying. Um, uh, Psalms 37, 23 to 24. The steps of a man are made firm by the Lord. He delights in his way. He, as in God, delights in your way. Though you fall, it says though he falls, he will not be hurled down. You will not be hurled down completely into the pit or anything like that. For the Lord supports him with his hand. He supports you with his hand. This is another promise. Even if you stumble, even if you fall, you're not going to totally, you're not going to be counted out. It's like the guy, you, you might go down, but you're getting back up for the next round. Right, Hotted? You're busting that guy in the, in the jaw, right? You're not going to stay down. I don't know why I said Hotted, but he has big muscles, right? So he likes to hit people, I think. Nah, I don't know. 
Um, Isaiah 40, 31. Uh, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not grow faint. This is also a promise which I think is amazing um, because when you notice in the Bible all the times that it talks about when God gives you strength, it feels like it's when you're at your weakest, right? When you feel at your weakest, he's your strength. He doesn't just give you strength, but he is your strength, right? And guess what? He never fails. So your strength can never fail, right? But it feels like you can. <coughs> Sometimes it feels like you're about to faint, like it says right here. That's why he put that. Why do you put that? Because you said you'll feel like you're weary. You'll feel like you're going to faint. But you don't have to because I'm with you, because I'm for you, because my victorious right hand will uphold you, right? Isaiah 40, 31, New Living Translation. Uh, this is also about strength. But those who trust in the Lord, and that's this translation says trust in the Lord right there. The other ones say wait upon the Lord. So that's why I use New Living Translation. But obviously, Cassie didn't get the memo. But it's all right. The word rate, though, I wanted to bring out. There's two of them. So that's why I did both. That's why. Because I did it twice. Uh, one in the modern English version, one in New Living Translation. So the one I just gave you guys was modern. This is New Living. And it says trust. But you guys can't see that because they haven't switched it or they don't have it. I don't know. But it says those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. Uh, the reason why I used that trust instead of wait in this case is because I also looked up what wait means, the way, uh, the way it's used in the Bible. Uh, and here's another verse where that same word used for wait is used in this one, which is Job 7.2. See the wait? So as a slave, slave sorry, who paints Pants for the shade. I, I, language, English is a new language for me, guys. As, I, as a hired man who eagerly waits for his wages. So eagerly waits is the same word as wait in those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And when a hired man is eagerly waiting for his wages, he may be waiting because he doesn't have it yet, but he knows it's coming. It's expected, right? So that's the kind of wait is this expectation. Because he's do it. He already did his work. He's waiting for his wages. He's not like he's like, Oh, am I going to get it? Is it going to come? I'm waiting. But, well, in some cases, it sometimes is like that. But that's not God, okay? Sometimes you do some work, and you're waiting for your wages, but, and you're not sure. You expect it, but you don't know. But God gives you what he says he's going to give you, and you, when you wait expectantly for him, you're going to get it. So that's what I wanted to bring out about that wait thing. Uh, because I think sometimes we think, oh, we're just chilling or waiting for something that may not happen until we get to heaven? Nonsense. What do you need wages for in heaven, right? What do you need this good things that God has promised you for in heaven? Because they're already there, right? That's why Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, so that you can experience it. And that's what he wants you to do. So a lot of people are concerned about that. You know, like, well, okay, you know, that's nice. Healing is nice. Having all your needs met and overflowing. Having your cup overflow, like David says, and stuff. It's all nice. Uh, but, you know, you're going to have that in heaven. Well, what do I need it for there, right? And because uh, everybody has it there. And I don't have the opportunity to reach the people who don't get to go there because they're not there, right? I need that stuff to reach them. Uh, there's plenty of people who will say, your God is trash and I don't believe in him until you whip up a guy from a wheelchair in front of them, right, and he's walking or something like that, or you provide for their needs like we want to do for faith. 
you provide for their needs and they're like, you know, God loves me. I didn't even expect it and here it is. This need is provided for and it's because God loves me. He reached out through these people to me. Um, let me go to the next part. Uh, this one is also just a promise that we all are very familiar with, but I, th- I didn't want to leave it out. Isaiah, no, sorry. I'm using 1 Peter 2.24. It's from Isaiah. That, pe- that the last part is uh, quoted. Actually, most of that stuff. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By his wounds, you were healed. You were healed, past tense. No sickness or disease has any place in you. You are the righteousness of God, and uh, all the curse has been taken on your behalf. We're going to go into that a little bit later. Don't worry, that's the second hour. Just kidding. Um, so uh, <laughs> I was watching a, a video, and a guy was like, are you guys ready? We're prepared because we're going to be here for three hours. And my son was like, oh, his eyes were like saucers. I said, he was joking, dude. He was joking. Yeah. <laughs> but my son didn't get that joke, and he was like, wow, you know. I think he was going to get those glasses where you paint your eyes on, you can sleep, and you can just, nobody sees. Um, so uh, the next one is Exodus 14, 14. The Lord shall fight for you while you hold your peace. Um, and like Kalani was talking about, you know, sometimes you walk around, but before they got to the end and they shouted, they walked around in silence. That's what this part is, means while you hold your peace. Shut your mouth sometimes, you know. The thing is, is that God's got good things. He said good things and just wait on him. And then when the end comes, go ahead and shout. But this part right here says, the Lord shall fight for you while you hold your peace. So even when you are quiet, because maybe you, you, don't, you can't find the words that you want to say for whatever reason. Well, guess what? He has still spoken the words over you, and he said he'll fight for you even when you're silent. And that's the way the other translations say it. It says, as you keep silent. Um, so that's also a promise for you. What I'm not saying, so I always tell you guys, speak to the mountain, say the good things, speak God's word, do it, do it, do it, and that's okay. But sometimes it's not wrong, and you'll get whatever you say, right? But sometimes you're in a position where you feel like you don't have anything left to say, and you just, you just feel like that. You know, I'm not saying that it's, all those feelings are true, but even if you feel like you have nothing to say, he'll fight for you when you're silent, right? Psalms 91.3, New Living Translation, for he will rescue you from every trap, not most of them or the ones that are really obvious, but everyone, even the ones you cannot see, that's what I'm talking about. There's plenty of stuff that people are all talking about these days that everybody's trying to get you and they're doing stuff behind your back and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're poisoning this, they're poisoning that, only for conspiracy theorists or whatever, doesn't matter. Whatever somebody is saying you're going to do or whatever trap they lay, because people do lay traps, the enemy tries to, or people with, working for him that they don't even know it, they lay traps, but every one of them he's going to rescue you from, right? And protect you from the fatal plague. That's not corona because that's just like a sniffle, but the fatal plague he's going to protect you from too, and he will protect you from everything. Uh, and I don't know why I had fatal on that one because this is a different translation, but I thought I gave you uh, this one, which is uh, New Living Translation, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. It pretty much says the same thing. Isaiah forty twenty nine, in the modern English version, he gives power to the faint, and those who have no might, he increases strength. And this is the part I was telling you guys about before where we talk about God strengthening you. He does it when you're faint. 
when you feel faint, and those who have no might, he gives you strength or increases your strength. So those people who feel like they're at their weakest, at their lowest, at their worst, God is your strength, and he'll never leave you, forsake you, fail you. Uh, Isaiah 54.10. Now, again, just to bring it back around, the reason I'm giving you these promises is because, say, people say, all God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, and then they're like, living like they got nothing. Living like nobody's ever made a promise to them in their life. Okay? So I'm just giving you some of these promises so I can remind you that God has made exceedingly great and wonderful promises to you, and every single one of them are yes. Another po point I want to bring out, and I, I think later in the verse, uh, verses they'll do it, so I'll shut up for now and go there in a minute, okay? <laughs> so here's Isaiah 54.10. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Now, there's the people who kind of act like um, if I sneeze on the wrong side of my face, I just lost salvation. But it's telling me that for the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you. My covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord, right, who has compassion on you. Why? Why is his steadfast love not going to leave and his covenant of peace not going to be removed? Because he has compassion on you, because he loved you. Now, I don't know which one of you guys, that your son or daughter came up to you and freaking... Well, I was going to say something, but that's kind of gross. So just sneezes on you, and their moke goes all over your whole body. And then they just walk, trot off like everything's fine. Oh, that was a good time. I left all my mokos on my dad, and now I'm clean. But which one of you guys said, okay, that's it. You're out of the family. You're out of the house. Get out of here, right? Or what did they have to do? What did your kids have to do? I was telling my son, Caleb, today. I said, what did you do so that I could love you? I said, you wake up early every day. Do you work hard eight hours a day? Do you earn all the food I give you? What do you do? I was just giving him examples, just messing around with him, right, my son. And he's like, I don't know, Dad. I don't know why you love me, kind of said, right? And I said, you were born, right? You were born. You were born again. God loves you because you are, because of who you are, because of who he is. So it's not about what you do. Um, and even if all the mountains and everything else is shaking around you, you have the solid foundation of God. His promise says he's never going to leave you. His loving kindness is always with you. Isaiah 54, 17. This is a weird translation I seem to have here. But I'll probably read both. I think I have both. No, maybe not. So I have New Living Translation. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Uh, I think that's why I like that translation, because of the I, the Lord, has spoken at the end. This is a promise. This is a promise for you, right? So the other translations say weapon formed against you will succeed, but the point is ain't nothing going to succeed against you, right? And it also says those who lie in court about you. But in a lot of cases, not even in court, right? It's just on the streets. They lie about you. They try to slander you. They try to say that um, <coughs> to accuse you. Uh, unfortunately, these days, it's other Christians that usually accuse us. But our vindication comes from the Lord. He has spoken, right? So it's our job to love those guys. Those guys that 
you know, accuse us of being evil if we heal somebody or if we try to heal somebody or if we talk about the goodness of God in a way that ex- they can experience right here on this earth. Some of them consider us to be evil and wrong and deserving of hell. But our opportunity is to show them love, right, and to give them what God has given us. He said, silver and gold I don't have, right, Peter? But what I do have, I give to you. Um, Isaiah 61.1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and, and opening of prison to those who are bound. If you feel like you're in prison, that's what Jesus, Jesus has let you free. Liberty. I wanted to bring out a couple of things in this one. First of all and foremostly, Jesus quoted this when he was talking to the people in the synagogue. Okay? So everybody's like, you know, that's Jesus. And it is. But it's also you. Right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because the Lord has anointed you to preach about how they're all going to hell. No, good news. Good news. If you hear somebody preaching something and it's not good news, well, what are they doing? That's not what God wants us to do. We're supposed to be preaching good news to the poor. And what do the poor care about? I mean, they care about going to heaven, right? But they care about not being poor anymore because that's also part of the curse. Um, And it's good news. So, also talks about everything. So he's putting in a lot of stuff here. The poor, so that's part of the curse. Heal, because they're brokenhearted, emotional. Liberty to the captives, and those people a lot of times feel captive, you know, either within their own body or within their own minds. But either way, those who the Lord has set free are free indeed, right? Psalms 103, 2-5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity or sins or um, a lot of people say that iniquity means the propensity to do wrong as well who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit that was the pit that you're not going to fall into right he said you're not going to fall headlong even if you fall you're not going to be hurled headlong to the pit he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Amen. Satisfies you with good. <laughs> I was thinking about this because uh, in some translations it says, satisfied your mouth with good. So your youth is renewed like the eagles. So I was like, hey, there's another time that God's telling me to eat good stuff, you know. Everybody's always telling me to not, but he said go ahead and satisfy your mouth. But this is another, that's another whole sermon, okay. Deuteronomy 15.4. However, there will be no poor among you. So this is another part that I was trying to bring out, that poverty is, a, is part of the curse. That's part of what God has freed us from. However, there will be no poor among you, for the Lord will greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. I'm going to read from here because that's kind of inheritance to possess. Kind of wide. Uh, a lot of people, too, would say here, hey, this is a promise for the Old Testament people. They got a promised land. They got this and they got that. This is a promise in the Bible. And earlier I read and you read, that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus, right? All the promises. So don't count yourself out of any of them. Don't say, oh, that guy got that promise. That's for him. Not nah, snatch it right up. I know Karina is telling me. Now, what name am I calling her now? Karina is telling me a lot of times that she hears somebody get prophesied over in a good word, and she snatches it. She grabs it, receives it for herself, and that's what you should be doing because every promise is yours. If it's a good thing, it's for you. He said he'll hold not 
back any good thing from those because he already gave you his son. I mean, what else is there? Who's better? What's better? His son is the best, all that heaven had to offer. Um, and here's another promise also to the Old Testament, but it's yours, Deuteronomy 20, sorry, 12, 20. Yeah, there you go. When the Lord your God shall enlarge your border as he has promised you, and you say, oh, I put this one in here, guys. Sorry, this is more like a. <laughs> so it says, and you say, I will eat meat because you desire to eat meat, and you should eat as much meat as your heart desires. So this promise is for all my vegetarian friends, right, that say to me, stop eating meat. And then they say, if you're going to eat meat, why are you eating so much? Well, it says, as much as my heart desires to eat, right? So thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that one's not really, like, an important one. That was for me. That was for me to eat meat and a lot of meat, right? Me and Miguel, right, Miguel? Eat that meat, man. Don't worry about those guys. All right. So let me uh, <laughs> say, say this last. And that's also for the people who's like, oh, we should go back to how we were in Eden and nobody was eating meat. Hey, he said eat meat and whenever I desire to. Look at that. All right, so um, what I wanted uh, next to read to you guys is it's kind of a little bit long, but this is the ending, coming to the ending real close. So, but it's from Deuteronomy 28, um, 3 through 8, and then 10 through 12, and it's uh, actually through 13. And it's just uh, right now the blessings, the, the first part is the blessings. So she'll be going through it, but I'm going to read from here because it's kind of crazy up there. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Your offspring will be blessed in the produce of your ground and the offspring of your livestock, the increase of your herd and the flocks of your sheep. Now, I want to stop for a second to say that these things are what they lived on. So if you had lots and lots and lots of sheep, then you was rich. Okay, I'm just trying to make sure everybody's understanding that part. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and then flee from you seven ways. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your barns, which is where you hold your stuff in the old days, okay? Your, your bank. And in all that you set your hand to, so if you're touching it, it's blessed. And he will bless you in the land. Oh, I was going to tell a little joke about how my wife was using that earlier, but probably not a good idea. There's children and everything. Uh, she wanted to set her hands to my face slapping and call it blessed. I don't know. But anyway, and all the, that you set your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. Um, all people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. The Lord will make you to overflow in prosperity in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord your father swore the Lord to your fathers to give you. Sorry, guys, messing that all up. Lord will open up to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to you in its season to your land and to bless all the work of your hand. You will lend to many nations. You will not borrow. Um, so this is the Old Testament covenant promises, right? We have a better covenant, which much better promises. That's what Paul said, right? We have a better covenant with much better promises. So, um, many times, so it goes on to even say you'll be the head and not the tail, right? Always above and never beneath. The reason why I say that is because it seems like, um, oh yeah, here it is. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will only be above and you will not be beneath. If, now this is the part, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am giving you to, commanding you today to observe and to do them. 
Now, at first, I didn't put this on because I didn't want people to get confused. But then I said, you know what? God wants them to know. What he wants you to know is that those promises are all conditional. That is very true. A lot of people say that, and you'd be like, oh, you know, but then I got to do this, got to do that, because it's conditional. It is conditional. But Jesus has fulfilled the conditions for you as you, okay? So for them, they had to do this in order to be blessed. But, and I say that, but really God blessed people. Samson ran around doing the wrong thing all the time. Basically, his name should have been like, I can't do it right, Samson, or something. All he did was wrong all the time, and he still had the blessing of God only until he exposed all that was in his heart that he lose the blessing. So I just tell you that because, you know, even, even with these guys, he told them, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, and then even when they didn't, it took them a lot of years before they started to get taken to Babylon and stuff because they was like, practicing stupid you know they were like we got to get this stupid thing to a science we got to get it down because we want to do it right if we're going to do something we're going to do it right right stupid was they want to do right so they went and got all jacked up but the point i'm making is that jesus has done it for you so that you don't have to worry about um that i'm not saying do wrong i'm just saying put your hope in jesus keep your eyes on jesus guess what when your eyes are stuck on jesus anyways how are you going to do wrong you're busy looking at him you know what i mean so um, it's not saying go ahead, you're free to sin, but go ahead, you're free from sin. You're free. The, the <clears throat> second to the last part is I also want to read to you guys the curse that he talked about in the Bible. Deuteronomy 28, 16, 45. The reason why I read it is because you read a lot of this curse, it looks like the church. <laughs> that they're experiencing it. That's not cool, right? I'm not saying it because I'm trying to judge anybody. I just want us to rise up into what God has given us, right? You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the field. Your basket and your kneading bowl will be cursed. Your offspring will be cursed along with the fruit of your land, the produce of your herd, and the flocks of your sheep. You will be cursed when you come in, when you go out. The Lord will send cursing, vexation, and rebuke on you and all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings by which you have forsaken me. Now, he's saying this even though this hasn't happened yet. They haven't forsaken him yet, but he's already saying it because God sees the end from the beginning. The Lord will make pestilence cling to you until it has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with a wasting disease, with a fever, with an inflammation, with an extreme heat, with the sword, with blight, with mildew that shall pursue you until you perish. The heavens which are over you will be bronze. So many people feel like that, right? Like they talk to God and it bounces back and pops them in the head because it didn't go nowhere. And the earth is under you will be like iron which means you ain't going to get no fruit out of it, which is your livelihood. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust. It will come from heaven on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You'll go out against them one way and flee seven ways before them. And you'll become an object of tower to terror to all the kingdoms. And then um, I put a bunch, basically I put all of that all the way to verse 45. But I think you guys get the picture, right? You going to die. Basically, right? All that's summed up to say death, right? That's why he also said in the other part, I set before you life and death, like Kalani was saying. Choose life. God's like, hey, I give you a test, but I gave you the answer to the test ahead of time. Dummies, you know? Because people still choose death. It's like, come on, bro, I already gave you the answer. <laughs> but anyway, so the last part, <laughs> so they're like, hmm, death, life. God said life, but did he mean that? 
Um, maybe he meant that for heaven, but right now it's death all around me. You know, I don't know. But either way, so I want to go to the last part, which is Galatians 3.13 is the last verse I have. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I was reading that whole curse, right? So everything you call, saw in that curse, death, all the horrible thing, this is what God says about that for you. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law by being made a curse for you. As is written, as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So he took the curse, he became the curse for you on the tree so that you don't have to have any of that curse. And it's not about your actions. Because those guys, for them, he said, you have forsaken me. Those guys did end up doing that, messing up and experiencing a lot of that curse. Thank God he brought them back around. But the point is, you, God has taken it. God has taken the curse from you. So the main things I want to leave you guys with as we close, this is, this is my tips from Kalani thing, yes, practical, practical, is one, every promise is yours, right? Every promise is yours. Every promise is yours. I'm talking about good promises of God, you know? If somebody promises you're going to kill you tomorrow, nah, that's not yours. But every promise from God is yours. Good promise, right? Um, and even the bad, all of it's yours, but the thing is, he took all the bad, right? He gave you the good. He made it to where you fulfill the conditions. And that's the second point. You fulfill every condition for blessing because of Christ in you and you in him, right? You are hidden with Christ, right? So with God in Christ or something like that, right? So um, that's the second. And then the third thing I'll just say to you guys is that... Um, God, all his promises, all his good things that he said to you are never going to fail, right? Never going to fail. So not only did he make the good promises to you, not only are you qualified for the good promises, but they never fail, okay? So I love you guys. Have a glorious day.